Well, here we are again, and welcome back to As It Was Written, the story behind the song. My name is Garrett, and thank you all for listening to the first one with Ernest and Flower Shops. This one's going to be a fun one. I've known Lee Bryce for many a year, and he's always fun to talk to. And now we're going to find out the backstory behind One of Them Girls, which was such a huge hit for Lee Bryce. So, what do you say we get to it? As it was written, the story behind the song. I'm uh, here at the studio. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. Absolutely, man. Thank you. The main song I want to talk about is One of Them Girls. We'll run okay. down some other stuff. Um, you know, we'll even talk about soul a little bit. But uh, okay. since you've had your most recent success with, uh, with uh, One of Them Girls, I kind of wanted to run down, you know, as we get to it, the uh, just how that all came together. All right, cool. Let's do it. The story behind the song today guest is the one and only Lee Bryce, which, <laughs> dude, we go back since the beginning of your career, and yeah. <laughs> it's been uh, just awesome. I, I'm happy to see the success that you've had. Man, likewise, it has been a long time. I think we both got gray in our beard now. We didn't back then. <laughs> gray in our beard and kids, and it's just uh, it's a little <laughs> bit crazy. It was funny. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I remember that early on in your career, you would send me demos on CD, and oh, yeah. you're like, you'd send me a little handwritten note and say, dude, what you think of this one? Gosh, that was so many years ago. I think I've still got each and every one of those in the box up in the, up in the attic. You know what? You might want to send some back to me so I can make sure I don't forget about those and get them on a record someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, one or two of them have already, uh, you know, yeah, done yeah. done pretty well. Lee Bryce is our guest today on uh, the podcast, as it was written, the story behind the song. Here in a bit, we're going to get behind the story behind one of them girls, which is just, for all intent and purposes, such a successful song. But we'll get to that. I kind of wanted to for people who may not be familiar with you, kind of get to know you a little bit, talk about the successes that you have had over your career. Gosh, uh, I will say, I Want to Feel That Way Again is still one of my all-time favorite songs. I think that was on Hard to Love, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, uh, that just takes me back to when I was listening to, to records that I love, and I listened to them so much, I couldn't tell you even maybe right now what songs were the singles and what songs weren't because I listened to the record so much. I had my favorites on the record and like, you know, say Garth Brooks's records, I would listen to them and wear them out. And, you know, to this day, I hardly know which ones were the singles because some of the ones that weren't singles were some of my favorite things. And that way, again, is one of those that, you know, I mean, songs were that you only get a couple off of each record, you know, so it's hard to get every song off of there. But that way, again, is one of my favorite favorite songs i've ever written so i would have loved for it to have been a single you know and uh but it doesn't matter because um it's it's right there it's on that it's it's been printed and it's you know it's marked on my life as one of my songs that i put together and that was actually recorded live me and a guitar live wow. literally live with click track uh sang it and played it and that was it that was what and then i had i had a, a quartet of of strings come in and that was the whole record so that was one of my favorites too I wanted to ask because now that you mentioned, you know, you did that acoustic, you did it live, you had strings come in on it. You've got such amazing 
melodies and your production is some of the best you're ever going to hear in the business and the most creative. Where do you find that that energy? Like when you're going to introduce strings into something, you're like, you know what? I hear, you know, a quartet right here. Well, I grew up listening to that kind of stuff. I grew up loving that kind of stuff. Everything from, you know, gospel music and hearing all the parts. And so like all those things, you know, all my own background vocals and I'll sing the bass and baritone and, and I'll sing the third below and the fifth above and the soprano and I'll do weird stuff in between and oohs and ahs and it kind of layers in and that's kind of the ear I have for, you know, it's like when Ray Charles went and cut a cut a country record and some other things, he had strings layered in there and I've always grown up loving that kind of stuff, you know, so, and then, and then with all kind of genres of music, it all has just stuck in my brain over the years. Everything that moves me, it doesn't matter what genre it is. Anything that moves me sticks in my, me and makes me love it. And so when I get to working on my own stuff or, or like say right now I'm in the studio producing some stuff on other folks, you know, when I get in doing that, all those influences just kind of really lead me and like lead me to, well, this is this, you know, I remember this kind of song or this kind of feel that, you know, from this genre or this artist and this song, I bet this would feel cool right here on this song, you know, and it's really just me thieving a lot of ideas for the stuff I've been growing up listening to my whole life. <laughs> right, of course. You know, I've always been not so musically inclined in the sense of, you know, as a, as a musician, but I've always had an ear for songs that I can I can tell are going to move people, not just me, but move people. And that's maybe why I've been in radio my entire adult career. And it's just kind of stuck with me. And I'm an album guy. So I will sit and listen to cuts of albums, not just the singles. And so there are right. some that really stick out more than others. You mentioned, I want to feel that way again, was kind of one of your, your favorites on Hard to Love. Do you have a favorite on, you know, your latest album, Hey World? Like, I love soul and and uh and uh the roses yeah roses is is extremely special and it we may put it out it may be a single um there's a few on this record that i love i mean there's one that i recorded that i feel like you know is one that could not just move people but um it could it could possibly you know encourage somebody in a really bad situation to or, or maybe just to just a hard time in their, their life really encouraged them through it. It's a song called Lies. And, you know, whether it's ever a single or not, I don't know. But, you know, I wish the whole world could hear it. But that's one of my favorites on the record for sure. I think I told my, uh, was I think it was my wife that I told not too long ago when I played her Roses. I said, uh, I'm going to put this in my will because this is how, when, when, when I'm gone, this is how I want, I don't have boys. I got all girls. So I want the guns to go to the girls. I, you know, I just, I want people fishing by the dock. I don't, and drinking a beer. I don't, I don't need a suit and I don't need roses. Man, that song came from a real place in my life. And, uh, and so it's very special to me and I'm really excited. I feel like it will, we will probably put it on the radio. Uh, just because I feel like it's it, it's going to relate to a lot of folks. You know, it's like, you know, we all deal with, with that part of our lives and, and that part of other people that, that are leaving us. And, uh, you know, we're all going to get there someday. So it feels like, you know, uh, but there's a there's this um, there's this uplifting factor to it that I like, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so we're excited about that song for sure. Good. I've always told you this, and I think I've, I'm sitting on the bus at one point or another talking, and I always felt like I don't know if there's anybody else that has 
when you listen to you sing, whether it's the, the recorded stuff or the live stuff, I don't know if I've ever witnessed anybody have more passion behind a song in the vocal as you do on anything you sing. It just seems like you put your heart and soul into it. And I, that comes across in everything you do. And it's amazing. Well, I appreciate it. I think that, you know, I think that's a byproduct of, of singing in church and not just singing in church, but the reason I sang in church and that was what was kind of really instilled in me was, you know, especially if it was say getting up and doing a solo on a Sunday morning or uh, whatever it was. And I even, I even led worship at, at a camp for a lot of years. And it wasn't just the singing part. It was communicating the song and what it was supposed to. It, it, that was the most important thing. And like my mother, when I watched her singing in church, you know, uh, it was all it, that was what was important to her was the message getting a, getting across to the congregation. And so it, and she was a great singer. She's, she's a great singer. Now, if she felt like she needed to speak a lyric in the middle of that song to communicate it, if that's what she felt like led to do. And she would just speak it. So I think it's a byproduct, you know, if I have any kind of connection and communication and, and emotion, it's kind of because of that, probably. You said you're working with people. You're in the studio now working with people. Is it uh, somebody that we all know? Uh, well, well, I'm doing a couple of different projects on some folks you don't. I'm doing some work with my brother, Lewis. Lewis, yep. Uh, we're cutting records on him. Uh, there's a girl named Grace that's coming at that's that's kind of getting a deal now and doing some stuff and I'm recording some stuff on her. There is a girl named Allie Colleen and um, it's actually Garth's daughter mm-hmm. and uh, doing a couple of songs on her and a guy I grew up listening to called Edwin McCain. Yep. Uh, we're doing some work with him. So there's a bunch going on actually. And uh, I feel I've just built this studio over the last year, just kind of with my own two hands. And so now I have a place that I can work and do all this stuff. I mean, producing and writing and like creating the music is one of the, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a top, top part of what I, what I love to do, what I love to do. So you've got nine number ones now, five albums, nine number ones. Is that right? Nine. I, 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 I lose track. Some of them are like number twos or some of them are number one and top five. Yeah. Nine or 10. I don't know. Something like that. Something like that. And <laughs> some of them, uh, song of the year stuff, which, uh, one of them girls here in a minute, we'll talk about which you had some amazing success with that. So I think, let's see a woman to love, um, hard to love or no, a woman like you hard to love. I drive your truck. Uh, I don't dance rumor. Yeah. Um, drinking class. Yeah. Drinking class. I hope you're happy now. Um, yeah. A memory I don't mess with. Yeah. And then one of them girls, is that, that all the, one of them girls, you know, and like love like crazy was number two, but it was the song. It was just St. Most played song of the year. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Look, I, I think that's still in my gold library. I still play it all the time. Um, that's one of those songs that, you know, if you were so program directors, music directors, they all say that's a career song. That is, you know, that artist, that's the song that's a career song. Was was Love Like Crazy that career song for you at the time? It was. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, we had actually put out multiple, four or five different songs before that. And they were, you know, we were just working and working and working. And we were getting top 35, top 25, you know. Uh, and then Love Like Crazy was the first thing that we had that, you know, broke through that seal and, 
and broke through that ceiling and, and got us up to that, that top 10, that top five. And eventually, you know, just a couple, like a, just a couple of spins from a number one record, you know? Right. Do you like writing the story songs more than just the, you know, traditional, you know, one, two, three verse going in, whatever, but making a I, progression? I, I, I do, you know, but, but, you know, but I enjoy writing the stuff that I know too, that I can get up there on stage and I'm imagining the stage and I'm imagining the people having a ball with something simple, something down the middle, something that, but still true and like true to who I am. Uh, you know, I love it all, but yeah, I really would rather personally, I'd rather sit down and write like a guy Clark song all day long, but you can't go play all those at the concert every day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's not going to keep them up drinking beer. Um, so you've written for Garth, which that was a huge song for you. You've written for the Eli Young band, crazy girl and, uh, Tim McGraw are the, are the, uh, wh- who is your favorite? If you had like songwriters that you write with, whether it's your song, whether it's going to another artist, do you have any songwriters that are your favorite that you know, I'm just going to have great success with this songwriter? Yeah. I mean, I've got a few, but the first one that pops in my head, uh, it's a guy that I very first started writing with in town one, a long, long time ago. And uh, he's a great friend, you know, but he's a great human. And he's also a chameleon. So, like, if I feel like writing a, a, a soul song one day or an R&B song, or if I feel like writing something real country, if I feel like writing something rock, or if I feel like writing something like Bruce Springsteen or or Bob Dylan or Guy Clark, he's, he's the man. And so Billy Montana um, is just, one of my soul brothers when it comes to writing songs. I'm all, he's always one of the first on the top of my brain. If I'm like, you know, thinking about, okay, who's got a strength in this part or this part of writing a certain type of song before I call a co-writer, he's usually at the top of the list, no matter what kind of song I'm writing. Right. When you're, uh, when you're thinking about those co-writes um, and you're going into, when you're going into one, do you have a certain idea in mind? Do you have your hook book? Do you have your notes on your phone? Do you just, you know, I here's an idea that you roll into most of the time, or do you just guys have a conversation and something comes most, out of that? Most of the time, it's like, you know, you go in with, y'all have ideas piled up, and, and they will too, and, and, and we'll pick around get musically and kind of as I'm staring at ideas and titles, I'm playing different stuff. Something will kind of feel right together. That's usually kind of the process. But but a lot of times um, you go in, you know, hey, man, I had this idea yesterday. You know, call me or I'll call them and say the same thing. We got to go in and write that. So then we'll even talk about it before we get into the room. So we kind of know going in. Uh, and then there's then there's those days that are rare, but they happen. And they've actually ended up being the most successful for me. Uh, is when I just randomly get that old school feeling like before I started co-writing, before I came to Nashville, I used to think it was just about, hey, when you get inspired, go sit down and write, you know, and that's what I would do as a kid. Well, there's been a couple of songs to where 10 o'clock at night, you know, and I didn't even necessarily have an idea. I just felt like I needed to go write a song and called whoever would go do it with me. and. Um, one the the one of the first songs that that happened with was out on dance, and uh, we wrote the song till three in the morning, and you know, and it's a that's a big one, you know. Uh, 
uh, more than a memory. I did that, you know. But then the latest one was same thing, 1030 at night. I said, I don't know why. And I was recording the next day, like recording, recording. Like for my first single, we already had two or three songs picked out. We, we, we thought would be the first single. And I, I said, man, I just feel like I need to go write a song. I said, Sarah, I know it's late, but I'm, I'm going to go and go write. And I said, because I've only had this feeling a few times, and it's always worked out. <laughs> so that's what I did. I called Dallas and Ashley and went over to Ashley's house, and we wrote. Had no idea at all. Nothing. And we sat down, and at 4 a.m., we were we were done with one of them girls. I was going to ask that if there were moments where you just couldn't sleep, and you had this idea, and it just, you know, it just, I was talking to somebody the other day. It seems like songs like one of them girls, there are songs like that that'll just fall out of you. Some of them, you know, you sit with that one. with with uh, with whatever, and it, it'll take two years to write a song. And then yeah. there's yeah. songs like that that uh, just fall out of you. Um, you wrote that with... Ashley Gorley and Dallas Davidson. Yeah. Um, yeah. What were you guys doing that day when you went over there? Was it, you went right in there and just said, here's this idea. Let's roll with it. Yeah. No, it was no idea. There was just guys. I feel like, I feel like writing. I feel like I need to write a song tonight. And it was already 10 at night. And, uh, they said, done, I'm down. Let's meet. So we got in there and, uh, Ashley's engineer was there, Ben, and I just, he just hit record, man. I just started playing guitar. You know, we just start, I mean, we just started kind of just talking and singing lines and it kind of just turned into this, one of them girls, some of these lines and pictures that were coming out started leaning, leaning toward what this song was going to be about. We, even as we were writing some of the verse, we didn't really know what the song was yet. We, it wasn't right. called one of them girls yet. It wasn't, we didn't, that hadn't even come out yet, you know? And, uh, it was just one of those that kind of kept developing, you know, it was like this guitar riff was cool. We keep that. And we ended up keeping that for the whole record. You know what I mean? And then these lines started coming out and then we started to see a picture of this simple, very simple, one of them girls thing, but it's also, I've been down this road a few times and it worked out well, but of like walking a fine line of like what a woman wants to hear and what a guy thinks a woman wants to hear. So, mm-hmm. In other words, like with a woman like you, I was like, you know, this is really on a fine line of ticking a woman off or making her like smile, you know, <laughs> but I got the okay. So then with one of them girls, it was kind of the same deal. We went with what we thought at the end of the night and then I immediately played it for Sarah and a couple of my, you know, you know, like the, you know, Lauren over at the Laurel over at the label and like some female perspective going, all right are we just dumb guys or are girls going to like to hear this? You know? And Sarah said immediately, she said, she said, no, absolutely. She said, I either am one of them girls or I want to be one of them girls. One of the other. She said, there's no way around that. So she said, that's a hit. So we actually recorded it four hours later and it became my first single. I knocked off the other songs that we already had. We already had planned to record and that song was recorded first and that was it. What is Sarah always your first listen after you write something? She usually is because she is really, really, and sometimes, sometimes to a fault, like honest to me. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Listen, wait, I hadn't got it completely <laughs> done yet. Just chill out. Right. But, um, yeah, she's a, she's a very, I mean, she's a great songwriter herself actually. And so I really take a lot, a lot from what she said. Do you guys have stuff, um, that you've written together that that we're going to see in the future down the road. Yeah, we've actually actually I, I uh, 
I had a song on a, on a record called Stealing Innocence. Um, and we, that was the first song we ever wrote together. I actually wrote it with Billy. Mm-hmm. And then we've written a bunch more. Actually, I've got a couple on this record that I love. This next record I'm, I'm making now that I love that have a big potential. And then also one of the songs that I'm recording for, for Allie that I talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, myself and, and Sarah and Allie wrote together. Um, and I'm, um, it's going to be on her record we're recording. So there's stuff. There's stuff going on for sure. Definitely. So with, with uh, one of them girls. You kind of had a hat trick in that one. Uh, you had, uh, let's see, what was it? BMI, CSAC, ASCAP, <laughs> all three, pretty much song of the year, right? For all three yeah. of those. Um, and when you getting done at 4 a.m., you know, the next day <laughs> recording it four hours later, did you think, okay, it's a hit, sure, but it was going to garner the attention or just the success in radio airplay, streaming airplay that it did? Man, it's, I really, I really didn't. A lot of times I will say, you know, people say, did you know, like when you wrote that song, it was going to be a hit, you know, or, or it was going to be special. And like, I can usually answer that pretty honestly and go, man, I, I really, I really did. Like, I really felt like it was, it was, if it got the chance to be heard, it was going to be a hit. People were going to really gravitate towards it. And I did obviously feel like that with one of them girls. I said, you know, this, this feels like a hit, but I will say I didn't necessarily go that far to think that it was going to be the left, like the biggest song of our career at, at the, at the moment. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, there's, I guess there's, and those are those the intangible things, I guess, you know, you don't know until it happens. I mean, I don't know that anybody can predict, you know, that a song is just going to be, the biggest song of the year, you know, I mean, it's, it's really hard to predict that because there's so many kind of hitty, hitty songs out there and hooky and all that kind of stuff and special songs. Uh, but somehow one of them girls just really caught up, caught up, caught the ear. And I guess some girls just really love it. I don't know. And the <laughs> girls love it. Then the, guy, then the guys have to go buy tickets to the shows and all right. that stuff. Right. Now the new single is soul. Such a great record. And that's playing on radio and streaming right now. People are digging it. People are loving it. Soul, it was one of those that I heard. And honestly, the demo was really kind of, it was way out of the wheelhouse. It wasn't anywhere close to anything you would hear and go, well, that sounds like a hit for Lee Bryce. I mean, it was so far from that. But there was something about the song that I just heard and I thought, you know, if we did this the right way, this could have like a very unique sound and a very unique thing but i could still put my thing on it my lead thing you know just what i do and uh it turned out so cool and the people are flipping out over it so i'm you know i got this sneaky suspicion suspicion that it's going to end up being a really big song for us and hopefully it will because that'll keep that momentum going that's what we're hoping to keep going you know in today's age there's so many people out there so many artists working hard, so many young people just popping up off the internet, off the off of TV shows, and you gotta you gotta keep it rocking, you know, or else somebody else will get in your place. All the way from the head to the toeses. Um, no toes. <laughs> I knew that people people are gonna call it and request the toeses song. I knew right? I called that the second I heard it. <laughs> You're right about uh, so many younger people coming up and finding them on social media and everything else. The guys like you have been doing this for a while. You're sitting there writing and you're listening to them and you're like, shoot, I got to step up my game. You know? Yeah, um, that's true. 
it's true, absolutely. Or go get go get hang out with them a little bit. Get right. on get on their level, and then you know, and like you know, and mix those that experience with that youth, and like, and just that's kind of some that's how some magic is being made as well. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, Lee Bryce, I want to leave you with this something that I'm, I ask on each one of these podcasts, and I ask this on the air: uh, lessons in the lyric. Okay, um, <laughs> what lyrics and lines from a song written by you? or not impacted you that you also think is great advice for others? Well, you know, i tell you what, um, the song, um, I remember I was riding down the road and uh, I was riding, I was to see my friend down in Orlando. So I was going down the interstate down in the middle of, you know, in Florida, that interstate just goes all the way down. Mm-hmm. And I heard this song come on by Kenny Chesney. Uh, and I like had to pull the car over on the interstate. Uh, I'd have done a lot of things different. Mm-hmm. And that song has always stuck with me because of all, I mean, really every lyric in that song, you know, talk, it, it talks about the things that you need to go do before it's too late, you know? And, or if I could go back, I'd have done it different. I'd have spent more time with my mom. I'd have, spent, you know, I'd have called, you know I mean? I'd have, those things, I'd have forgiven. I'd have done some, those things really, that song just put me on my butt, you know? And, uh, you know, I didn't write that song, but there are other songs that kind of say that same thing, mm-hmm. you know, there's even one out right now, you know, I just, I just heard the other day on the radio. Uh, and, uh, I've got songs like that on my records, you know, you know, you regret more things you, you don't do than you do. You know right. I mean? That's right. That's in, that's in save the roses. Yeah. That's kind of the, the probably biggest life lesson for me. Get out there. And like, if you, you feel like you need to do something, don't procrastinate, you know? Right. Go do it now because you don't know you don't know if you're going to have another chance. So that's that's kind of my biggest thing. And but the first song that popped in my head was "Do a Lot of Things Different." Kenny Chesney. That's a good answer. I'm gonna. I haven't listened to that in probably um, oh. a few years, so I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that one. Man, that is yeah. a good one. Yeah. Well, look, I know uh, you got work to do. You got uh, songs to create. I appreciate <laughs> uh, all your time today, and just happy to see all the success over the years, you know, going back from the beginning and look forward to, you know, to hearing more from the artists you're working with to the stuff you're putting out. We're very happy for you. Man. Well, it's, I mean, I got to tell you truthfully, it's always good to see you and talk to you. And, uh, I love your setup there. Oh, thank you. You we'll like the, uh... we'll, we'll have to talk a little more about the bows and stuff like that. And, uh, and, uh, but man, I, I miss you and it's good to talk to you and you hit me anytime. Okay. You got it. See you later on. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Lee and I chatted up a little bit, talking about one of them girls. Uh, If you like what you're hearing, I'd love for you to leave a review, subscribe, and let me know what you think as it was written with Story Behind the Song.